You're listening to a Bucks Plus audio production on the Bucks Plus Network. The biggest voices in the locker room, in the front office, and in the NBA. On courtside tonight, it's Dame time. Our guest, Bucks star Damian Lillard. Like, I got there and they was like, you know, this is for you. And I was like, man, this, this is what happens when, you know, when dudes get traded. This is Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Deputy Commissioner and Chief Operating Officer of the NBA, Mark Tatum. Well, look, the Bucks are a championship-level team. There's no doubt about that. Your all-access pass to Milwaukee's team. Our guest, Bucks General Manager John Horst. You want to see improvement. You know, I think you should expect to see improvement. We should see a better form of basketball. Now, here's your host, Gail Klappa. Hello, everyone. I'm Gail Klappa, and this is Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's just what the doctor ordered. The Bucks fresh off the All-Star break with two impressive road wins. In Minnesota, they took on the Timberwolves, a team with the best record in the West. Then on to Philly, where the Bucks set the tone early with hot shooting and solid defense. So the stretch run is on. Just 24 games left in the regular season, and we know that the Bucks will be tested. They face the fifth toughest schedule as the NBA marches toward the playoffs. Tonight, we're in for a treat. We sit down with the eighth winningest coach in league history. He's been patrolling the sidelines for the Bucks for a little more than a month now, making his imprint on a deep and talented roster. Our guest is Bucks head coach Doc Rivers. Doc, welcome back to Milwaukee and welcome to Courtside. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. I can I can tell you that, and nice to be in Courtside. Oh, terrific! Well, thank you for joining us. And and Doc, on Sunday you returned to Philadelphia for the first time since you departed there as head coach at the end of last season. The boos, I'm told, though, were very subdued. So you know, given the fan traditions in Philly, Doc, that's got to be a real compliment to you. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't even hear them. They were that subdued. Uh, but you know, unless Max had a great relationship overall, there had a good three year run. Uh, you know, it was almost set up to be, um, you know, championship or bust. Uh, and we were just not good enough to be championship or bust, especially with our best player injured. So it was it was a nice return uh, back to Philly. I can say that for sure. Ah, terrific. Well, Doc, when you agreed to take on the challenge of leading the Bucks this late in the season, just curious, what were the first two or three things that you knew you had to do? That's a good question. Um, you know, it it wasn't two or three things, honestly. You first of all, just taking the job, you're saying yes. You know, I was doing TV and uh, really doing TV and working on my golf game at the same time. <laughs> um, the TV was going well, the golf game was not. Um, so, you know, when when they all called John and and Wes uh, and Jimmy. You know, and we talked about the team. I had to honestly take a 24-hour look at the team. And, you know, the first thing was uh, we have two, you know, Hall of Fame players on our team, in Dame and in Giannis. Um, And my first goal is to figure out the best way that they can be the best version of themselves and still give room for the other guy Um, and, and, and turn that into seamless basketball. Uh, the second part, obviously, was the defense. Um, I didn't come from the school that they we could not be a good defensive team. You know, um, that's all you heard. Well, they're bad defensively. They can't improve defensively. And when I, I told Jimmy and, and, and Wes, I said, I don't believe that. Um, I think we have to become a more organized team on offense and defense, become better at it. And so that was probably the first, first couple of thoughts. 
Oh, fascinating. Well, Doc, the team clearly has played well in the first two games coming out of the All-Star break. And as you look at the film, uh, tell us, if you will, what do you like the most? What areas do you see for improvement? What I like most is our defensive intensity. You know, uh, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. And you can see it coming. You can see the confidence growing. Uh, There's no better way to pull a team together uh, than with defense. Offense never brings teams together. Defense always does. Uh, And you can see that. And then offensively, you're starting to see Dane feel comfortable being aggressive, not worrying about being anyone's way. Uh, So those are the two things that stand out the most. Defensively, we still got to improve, though. You know, so those are the areas of concern. Our transition D is not consistent. And then offensively, we turn the ball over uh, way more than I want us to. So those would be the things that I think we have to improve on. Doc, speaking of defense, you made an interesting comment in one of your post-game news conferences. I remember you mentioning that you want to see defensive intensity for all 48 minutes of the game, and that, you said, takes an even greater level of conditioning for the players. How do you build, Doc, and sustain that conditioning over a very long 82-game season? Well, you build it through giving them um, benchmarks on what we should do every night, how we should play, how we should look. Um and then you also do it with minutes, you know, uh, the conditioning part. You know, as I know, this late in the season, there's not a lot of practice times. There's not a lot of times you spend on conditioning. And so the, the, the teach for us is to play to exhaustion during the games. We'll take you out and bring you back in. And each game you do that, you, you're able to play longer and better at that. Uh, and so that's what we're trying to do. Doc, how does that fit into, uh, say, for example, Dame wanting to play the entire first quarter? Well, that's the, the, the gift. You know, it's funny. When I first got here, he told me that. And I said, well, Dame, what I see now is it's impossible for you to play at that pace defensively and still be good offensively. And and so – uh, early on, as you saw, we were taking him out. Now we're back to doing it occasionally throughout the quarter, uh, and he's showing that he can handle it. So that's how it works. Fascinating. Well, Doc, let's chat for a minute about Chris Middleton and his importance to the team. Chris, uh, as you know, has overcome multiple injuries over the past couple of seasons, recovering now from a sprained ankle. Doc, how's he progressing? When do you think we'll see Chris back in the lineup? Yeah, he's progressing just fine. You know, I guess the good news is this makes his knee even stronger, this rest period. Uh, the ankle is, in, if I was putting a percentage, 80%, 90%, so he's close. If this was a playoff game, could he play? Possibly yes, but it's not. And so we're just going to wait until we know he's 100% right. And, Doc, from what you've seen, are you optimistic that Chris can return to an all-star level of play? Yeah, I'm not. I'm positive of it. It's not even optimism for me. Um, in the stretches that we had him, and I, I've had him with two games, three games, you can see not only just the level that he can get back to that level offensively, uh, his importance also to this team is his leadership. Doc, I'm curious. As an opposing coach, you watched Giannis and tried to design defenses literally to slow him down. And now that you're seeing him up close and personal every day, how has your assessment of Giannis changed? Well, the first assessment, I know I like being on this side of it. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. <laughs> then being on the other side where you're preparing for him, 
you know, it's like a big, gigantic snowball coming at you and really fast. Um, where I've seen that I didn't know, you know, his ability to playmate. Like, I know Giannis downhill is, is, is just a nightmare for every defense, and he has, it draws a lot of attention. Um, and I knew he was a decent passer. I didn't know he was the passer that he is. Um, I didn't know how disruptive he can be offensively and defensively uh, with, his, with his size and his speed. Uh, you knew it, but you don't know it until you see it, and it's impressive. And, Doc, that pass he made, that full-court pass right at the end of the first half, talk a little bit about that. It was an amazing pass. Yeah, that's all. You know, everything is confidence, right? Like, shooting is confidence, finishing at the basketball, uh, at the rim is confidence, and passing is confidence. It just showed how sky-high right now he has, or his confidence is in his passing. That was an unbelievable pass. We scored in, what, what was it, 1.9 seconds and we scored. That was an impressive pass. And he hit Brooke right in the, I mean, right in the breadbasket. Yeah, he looked like one of the Packer quarterbacks. <laughs> Probably makes as much, too, Doc. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, Doc, in the past few weeks, the Bucks have added two new players to the roster, both of whom you know well. You've coached them both before, Patrick Beverly and Danilo Gallinari. Tell us a little about these new additions to the Bucks roster, if you will. Well, without saying names, you, you couldn't have two different guys. One talks all the time, and one doesn't talk. And I think you can guess <laughs> who I'm talking about when I talk about those two guys. Uh, Pat Beverly is one of those guys that is just good to have on the team. One of the things Red Albach told me when I was coaching the Celtics, and he told it to me every day, you can't have enough instigators on your basketball team. And that's what Patrick Beverly is. He instigates action. Uh, he instigates thoughts on the floor, and that's good for you. Gal is just one skilled basketball player. You saw it the other night against Philly uh, with his passing. He can pass the ball. He can really shoot the ball. He can put the ball on his floor. Uh, he's going to be a really added, a great addition to our team. And, Doc, uh, speaking of instigators, uh, give us your impressions of our friend Bobby Portis. Love him. You know, now that's another one from afar. You know, I was like, oh, is Bobby a good guy? Does he have an attitude? And when you get into coaching him, you realize couldn't be a sweeter guy. Uh, it's all about the team, and his intensity is real. You know, it's not um, – as you would see in the league sometimes, a guy is, he has intensity, but it's not real. Uh, Bobby's 100% real. He's 100% a great teammate, and he's so important for this team. And playing great this season, his stats, I think, are as good as they've ever been, Doc. Well, you can see it as decision-making. Um, you know, I think his confidence, all those things are at, at, at high levels right now. And, Doc, we've noticed that uh, since you arrived, you've been giving some meaningful minutes to a young sharpshooter by the name of A.J. Green. You know, it's funny. When I, I took the job and I set our, our staff down, uh, I asked them about each young guy, and they were like, well, one guy uh, a good defensive player. Uh, this guy can do a little bit of both, and this guy's a sharpshooter, uh, but he can't defend. And I said, what do you mean he can't defend? He said, well, we don't know. He hasn't played enough. I said, well, he's a sharpshooter in this league. 
we need to find out, can he? And, and AJ has proven that he can defend in our league. So he's been one of the guys probably added that probably no one thought would be added, but he's in our rotation on a lot of nights now. And he's had a career night. I meant uh, several games ago, he hit 27 points off the bench. Yeah, uh, I mean, we were down 30, I think. <laughs> but, uh, uh, he's got the, that's what I like about him, though. Like, he has confidence, uh, and I don't think it matters what the game is. He's going to put it up, and you like guys like that. Doc, you've inherited a, a lot of coaches, and I know you brought in two trusted assistants. Tell us yeah. a little bit about how you're organizing the coaching staff going forward. Probably been, uh, if, if someone asked me, What's been the biggest surprise as far as being harder than I thought? I would probably say that's it. You know, uh, usually when you take a job, you take it before the year starts, you do all the interviews, and you create a staff. Here, I took a job, and all the jobs, all the assistants have already under contract, and you have to try to go through each one, which one fits you, uh, who you can trust. There's so many factors there. Uh, we've narrowed it down. Uh, but it's still been a very dis- difficult task for me. I can about imagine. And, Doc, not to make you feel old, but Giannis made the comment the other day that when you started coaching in the NBA, he was a ripe four years old. Yeah, I heard that. Um, <laughs> was not very pleased with Giannis for making that comment. <laughs> I told him, I said, man, you, you kind of put my age on blast there a little bit. He, said, he was laughing. He said, Coach, after I said it, even I wanted to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, as the game continues to evolve, obviously three-point shooting has become a dominant theme across the NBA. Talk with us about, if you will, the combination of Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley in our starting backcourt and what that means to this evolving game. Well, in a three-point generated game that, that, that we play in now, when you have a Malik who is a, just a knockdown shooter from the three-point line, and a Dame, who is also, but Dame can get it off the dribble, uh, he can get it off the catch, he can get it in a lot of different ways than Malik can. You, you still have two of the better three-point shooters in the league in your starting lineup. Uh, that's important on any team, but then when you throw the, the effects of Giannis on your team and what he can do with his ability to get to the rim, uh, it makes it even more effective and powerful uh the two shots you want in our league you want threes and you want layups and you get them all because of each guy's talent but really the layup part is more Dane and and more Giannis but that actually helps when you have more shooting on the floor and doc I understand that you of course were the head coach for the east team in the all-star game I understand you told him I was do not take (laughs) any mid-range shots is that right yeah you know it's funny uh, I looked at the other team, and if you just looked on paper, the, the West was pretty much loaded. Um, and I told our guys before the game, I said, hey, guys, they're bigger, they have bigger names, but they're not faster, and they can't shoot as well as us. <laughs> and I said, so we're going to win the game if we take all threes and all layups. We're going to lose the game if we take in-between in shots. And I jokingly said, so whoever takes one, if you don't make it, you're coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and how did they look? I think I think the gentleman from Boston may have taken one mid-range shot. And made it. I don't know if you remember, uh, Jalen Brown took the one, and it went in, and the whole bench, he was laughing, the bench was laughing. And, and when I we were in a timeout, and I, he was like, 
Oh, man, when I, I forgot about it, when I let it go, I was like, go in, please go in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, speaking of the All-Star game, Doc, Dame was on fire. MVP on of the fire. game, three-point shooting champ. Uh, are you seeing that fire, that ability, that, that shots go in? Are you seeing that carry over into the stretch run? Yeah, I'm seeing the energy. Like, he needed that Usually all-star games, and, and we, that's for another day. Well, we got to figure out a way to make it more competitive and a good game to watch for our fans. But Dane came into the all-star weekend with that energy, with that, with that goal. Like, he told me at dinner the night before, I'm going to win the three-point contest, and I'm going to try to win the MVP. Uh, like, he came in with, with, with that, those intentions, and for him to pull those off are amazing. But I think in, in the rare case, the All-Star game has helped Dame uh, to get going now uh, for the stretch run. And obviously we're going to need Damian Lillard on a roll if we're going to have a deep run in the playoffs, Doc. Yeah, we need him to be Dame. And, and, and I get it. You know, you think about he didn't. It's not like he got traded in the beginning of the summer. He, he made it here two days before training camp. Never really planned with any of the guys. Uh, so it's so easy for you to trying to take a step back. And, and what we've told Damien since I've been here, you're Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard doesn't take a step back. We will adjust around him. Fascinating. And, Doc, someone mentioned to me the other day an analogy that I'd like to get your reaction to. Uh, with you coming in this late in the season, uh, having, to, having to change systems, having to get players on board, having to have everybody on the same page, they said it was a little like flying an airplane and changing the engine at the same time. How does that feel? Do you do you agree with that? <laughs> that that's very difficult. Uh, this has been difficult, but it's it's not like I didn't expect it. You know, um, you know, I knew taking this job at this time, a team with a great record, um, a team that uh, was about to go through the toughest part of their schedule. Uh, change any kind of change would be difficult, uh, but I I took it on because I wanted it. You know, I, this is a job. Uh, you want this challenge. You've got a group of guys that if we get it right, man, we can win this thing. And and the, we have high-character players. And you can feel that whenever you just walk around the team in the arena. And, and, and it takes all that if you think you're going to win. And, Doc, switching to a personal note, uh, how does it feel to be back in Milwaukee and coaching just a few blocks away from the Marquette campus where it all began for you? Uh, surreal, uh, amazing, um, and never thought about it. Like, I never in my wildest imaginations ever thought that I would be coaching in Milwaukee, uh, coaching in a building where my jersey hangs above my head every day. <laughs> so that kind of, you know, makes you <laughs> – uh, straighten up and and want to want to follow through and get it right. Um, it's been amazing being back. You know, sometimes you don't know you miss a place until you return back to a place. Uh, the people are great. Um, you know, it's been a really good experience. I'm so glad to hear that. And Doc, finally, as we wrap up our conversation today, what message would you like to leave with Bucks fans everywhere? That we're building and it's coming. Um, you know, sometimes you have to tear down a little bit to build up. Uh, I think we've done that. And, and um, you know, my goal is i got to get it right. Like, I, I want to get this thing right. I want to win. Uh, we want to win. 
and just hang in there. It's, it's starting to turn. Doc, thanks so much for joining us. It's been so much fun chatting with you, and you've been listening to Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks on Bucks Plus. You can find Bucks Plus at bucks.com slash plus, the Bucks app, or wherever you get your podcasts. So long, everybody. You've been listening to a Bucks Plus audio production.